You're listening to the Watling and Owen Show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Watling and Owen Show on a football Thursday, baby. Football Thursday. Matt Watling, Luke Owens. Look, last week ended uh, pretty rough for you with the uh, Chargers falling. Well, they beat the Broncos. They didn't cover the spread. It might be it for our picks, and it's kind of sad. It's so early in the year, but it feels like it might be over. I was so close to 5-1. and one. I could almost taste it, and it felt good. Like that, that felt like a good week. I was on a roll, and look, sometimes you lose, sometimes you don't. All I know is at this point, I'm getting prepared to run the 5K. You know, if you want to spin zone this, I'm actually losing on purpose because I need to get some cardio up in there. So it's a good thing that I'm losing because I need – to run, I need to learn how to run. I got to face my fears. Now, Luke, I have a question for you. Yes. Would you change the bet and make it so that I have to ride a bike for a mile continuously? Not continuously, but I have to total a mile on an actual bike. And it could take me like two weeks because I can't ride a bike. I'm not saying that I'm not it's proposing definitely- that. I'm just asking you, is that something that you would consider? Are you all in on this this situation that you're cons- – that you know, the, the 5K? I'll think about it. I don't want it. That, 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 I don't want it. Just as a as a. Then why as a would you up. suggest it though? I'm just saying, like, is that something that? that you would you would consider? Because I think it'd be very funny. I'll consider it. I'll consider it. I feel I need good. To, I need to. I feel good because I'm not gonna. I'm an ah. I have my lock all ready to go. I have my five picks. I really like the board actually this week. I told you that was kind of garbage, and then I sat in on it. And there's a couple picks that I didn't that I'm not taking that I really like. I'm I'm all over the place in my picks this week. I've got a lot written down, but you know, sifting through has definitely been tough. Um, but I want to start with baseball because the Yankees, of course, advanced to the ALCS after beating Cleveland in Game Five. Game One, bit of a stinker. They lose four to two. They struck out seventeen times, which was absolutely insane. Um, a lot of questions going around about how the Yankees played that game. A lot of people saying it was a punt job by Aaron Boone. Um, you know, it was a game that Jamison Tyone started. And then in a game that was close when Tyone uh, came out of the game, I think it was, it was actually 1-1 one, one, yeah. one when Tyone came out of the game. Um, they go to Clark Schmidt, who lets up two runs. But he got out of that uh, game, right? Right. So, and I'm sorry to cut you off, Luke. And I, I, no, go for I it. you struggle to think about it because – did he punt if the guy that he put in a high pressure situation got the outs? Like he he beat he won against the dangerous part of the Astros lineup. It was in the next inning that he gave up the two home runs against Guriel and uh, that other dude who's like their eighth hitter. Like you, you shouldn't be yeah, giving home runs to eight hitters. I'm sorry. Yeah, the Yankees got beat by. The bottom of the Astros order, which can't happen. We talked about it the first time these teams played. I said, the Astros lineup does not match up with the Yankees. Like, you can't let Martin Maldonado beat you. You can't let Chaz McCormick beat you. You can't – even Gurriel's had a bad year. The only guy that's like, okay, is Jeremy Pena, who's in the conversation for rookie of the year. He's a really good player. But it wasn't the Altuves and the Bregmans and the Tuckers and the Alvarez that beat them. It was, it was the bad players on the Astros. That's a concern. I think when you talk about punting, it's because – Schmidt pitched one time in the last series. Trevino hasn't been used. Montas just came back. And Miguel Castro wasn't used in the last series. That's, I think, what people are saying is punting. They went to the clear B level of guys. But my thing is, I think punting this game 
might win the Yankees this series. I know it's a crazy thing to say, but I think the Yankees went into this game kind of thinking we might not win this game. And by losing the game, you're set up tonight for Luis Severino on the mound in a full plethora of your best bullpen options. So if they get out of Houston 1-1, Garrett Cole in game three, you have to be feeling pretty good about your chances moving forward. But yeah, you had the game. You had a chance to win the game. But also, like, did they punt on the game if Clark Schmidt got them out of that jam? Like, I still can't get my mind around, did they punt on this game? Because with you, Luke, I was like, well, you know what? I don't hate the move to go with Clark Schmidt because this game felt like gravy. But you had a chance. And I don't think this comes down to the pitching or the boon decision regardless. It comes down to the fact that this team struck out 17 times. They put the ball in play 15 times for 10 outs and then five hits. The Astros' defense needed to move on 15 plays this game. That's crazy. That's what lost you this game. Because, look, you can win a game 5-4. It shouldn't be that difficult. And frankly, if the Yankees did their job in the third inning offensively, I don't think you see Clark Schmidt in that situation. Because maybe you have a 3-1 lead. Maybe you have a legitimate lead that you can protect with a guy that's not Clark Schmidt. As opposed to going to a guy that you think might not win you the game, but if you win tomorrow, it's okay. You know, it's it's tough to say they didn't give this game away, but it's also tougher to say, like, the offense wasn't the, t- the party that lost this game. And really interesting today, the Yankees really messing with the lineup. They're going to lead off Bader there uh, we tonight. Go. Then it'll be it'll be judging the two-hole. Rizzo and Stanton flip, so it'll be Stanton third, Rizzo fourth, Glaber down to fifth, Donaldson down to sixth, and then the bottom three all didn't play last night. You've got Higashioka catching, Peraza making his playoff debut at short, and then it'll be Cabrera batting ninth in left field. So I think the Yankees know Josh Donaldson has been a disaster at the plate, but it's just I think it's too hard to take him out defensively at third. I mean, I know IKF can play third, but you know he hasn't played all year, so that's kind of a a toss up too. So I I don't know. I, I guess I'm glad they're trying to switch things around a little bit. It's definitely gonna be a new look at the bottom of the lineup. But like you said, if the top of the lineup isn't producing either you know, you're going to run into problems. I know, you know, Rizzo had a home run and Stanton had a great game, but, you know, Judge has been awful quiet. Glaber Torres didn't have a great game. Donaldson struggled. Like, if you're not hitting, like, I'm sorry, you're not going to win this series. Like, the, the Astros scored four runs, but they were kind of sporadic. They had the one inning with two home runs. Like, like you said, it was a winnable game, but I think that falls on the offense more than does the pitching. I love this lineup. Like, I think this is a really strong lineup as long as Aaron Judge doesn't strike out and go over four. Like, Glaber and, and Judge might have lost you that game last night because they were both 0 for 4, and those are guys that you need to produce, and they haven't all, all, all postseason. Let's call it like it is. They've been terrible this postseason, and I'm not saying Judge isn't worth the money because he is, but you need your stars to come through, and, and I like the lineup. I like Peraza and Cabrera at the bottom of the order. It kind of takes the pressure off of them, but also if they get on base, like, they, you know, they're pretty good hitters. They're pretty good baseball players. Now you're, you're flipping it to the top of the order that's already got a guy or two on base. So I do like that. It's it's hard watching Josh Donaldson. It really is, especially at the plate. He's terrible. It's just, it's ugly. It's bad. It's bad baseball. And one thing I don't really understand that Michael K has been talking about, Luke, is he's saying you need Donaldson because you're going to beat this team with home runs. And you need to get the single and the walk and then the home run. Well, in my eyes, and I'm not saying you make this move, I can't get you that single or the walk. And then the next guy can hit him home. Right? If you put IKF and then Judge comes up two batters later and he hits the home run, well, you got someone on base instead of, you know, asking Donaldson to do what he's not able to do. But again, 
I'll take his defense. It's fine. One guy doesn't ruin the entire game for you, but you've got to win this game tonight, especially with Severino on the mound. I mean, Donaldson, Donaldson Austin's only hit 15 home runs this year. Like, it's not like the, the 26 he hit last year or anything like that. Like, of course, he still has the ability to run into one, but it's not like he's been a guy that hit, you know, one of those guys that hits 200 but has 30 home runs. Like, he wasn't that this year. So I think that kind of factors in as well. But I agree, you have to win tonight. But I, again, like, I still think, like, the Yankees fans seem to have, like, given up after game one. But, like, who in the world was looking? And I know once you get into the matchup, it's different. But who was looking at Justin Verlander versus Jamison Tyone and being like, oh, yeah, that's a 1-0 lead for the Yankees? Like, I was – obviously, once the game starts and you have a chance, you're mad. But, like, I knew they were going to lose that game. So, like, getting Severino for game two and then Cole for game three, if you win tonight, going back to Yankee Stadium, like, I like the chances for the Yankees. I don't think this series is over – Based on one game. It's not over, but if you're the Yankees and you need to steal one game from Houston and, and you have a good chance to steal game one, it feels like you should be putting your 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 foot on their throats. But maybe on the other hand, maybe Boone saw the lineup and said they don't have it tonight because they struck out a gazillion times. So maybe he was like, Well, I'm not gonna punt on the game, but we're not getting any more runs. So I'm not gonna stress my bullpen and, and you know put ourselves in a bad position for tomorrow if we're not getting any hits. Yeah, maybe I'm too positive. We'll see. But I think if Seve gives you, you know, six good innings and you can go to your your Peraltas and your your homes and, and all that, like, I think you're in a good spot. I don't know what's going on with Domingo Herman, by the way. I don't, I, they, like, just refuse to use him. I don't know if there's a, a reason for that, but I was a little bit surprised they went to Montas. Uh, I guess at that point, I don't know. I don't know what the reason was for that. Like, I haven't. Montas hasn't pitched in, in over a month, and Herman was really good down the stretch, and he hasn't seen any action yet. So I'm I'm I've been a little bit a little bit perplexed by the way that Boone's used kind of those long reliever type guys so far. I, I will say that. Yeah, I mean Montas was fine. Gave one home run, a solo shot. It, it felt like the game was out of reach at that point when he came in, anyway. So yeah, and then I mean the eighth inning they had a chance. It's just they're not hitting with the runners in scoring position and. It's like uncompetitive at bats. Like half the time, Donaldson striking out. It's like a half swing on like a curveball down the middle. Like, it, it, none of the, the game made sense like offensively no. for the Yankees. I know they strike out a lot, but they were like bad at bat strikeouts. Like judges down 0-2 every at bat. Like it's not working counts. Like Verlander had like sixty pitches in two innings, and all of a sudden he's like working his way through like the second straight. Like, yeah, what is going? Yeah, it's like what is going on here? So yeah, I, I think the Yankees are still in this series. Um, I think a lot of people gave up on them too soon, but. You know, we'll see. If they go down 0-2, it's probably a different story. Um, but we do have to talk some football, of course. Bill's on a bye week. Um, you know, they're one of those teams that they win the bye week, right? They'll, they'll get a W. It's not the Lions losing the bye week last week. But uh, the Jets going to Denver, only a point and a half underdogs. I think this is kind of a result of, A, Russell Wilson being banged up with a hamstring injury. Don't know if he's going to play. B, Russell Wilson, when he's played, has not been good. And C, I think this is a, a defensive type of game. You know, the Jets' defense we've seen is really good. Denver's defense is very good as well. And I think it comes down to which team can kind of piece together more drives. And with the, the way the Jets have run the ball, you almost kind of like their chances better to, to piece together those long drives against a good defense. Right. And it'll be a really cool opportunity for the Jets to go against such a good defense because that offense stinks. And if your defense does its job, you're going to give Zach Wilson the opportunity to put up some good drives, right, and keep them in this game because the, the the offense might struggle off rip. But the best thing this offense can do is to not lose the field position battle. Don't throw an interception when you don't have to. 
don't fumble the ball because you can take the Denver offense at the 30 yard line. You can't take them at your own 15 at your own 30. You want to make them drive the length of the field just as they're trying to make you drive the length of the field. And it's a good test for this team. I like it for the offense, but this Elijah Moore story is, is getting worse by the day. It, it really is. He was out of practice today for, I believe it was family reasons, but Rich Semenya reported that sources inside the Jets said it was for, for more than that. Obviously, he had the tweets that was saying, hey, I want to play, basically. It wasn't targeted last week, and I'm trying to pull, pull the story up now, Luke. And he had a couple of tweets today as practice was starting, and it was just – it was ugly. It was really yeah, ugly. he said uh... – I think one of the things he said was, or was it, yeah, before he took the, he said, love my teammates. And then he said, God, I need direction. Those were He's really tweets. going through it. And I don't think this is him trying to criticize the team. I hope it's not him criticizing the team. It really feels like he needs to almost go to like sports psychology and therapy because he's like, look, like, why am I not doing, putting up numbers? He's not angry. I hope at least he's not angry at the team. I hope he's more like, emotionally trying to figure this out because he's never been in a position where he's not getting targets. He's running every single route, but he's sixth in the team in receptions. Like that's not normal for him. So hopefully it's not about the team. It's more about him dealing with it because if it's about the team, that's a special receiver that might, they might lose, right? I don't get it to be honest. And I know there could be a lot going on behind the scenes that we don't know about, but if from all we've gathered so far, if it's just the targets issue, I don't get it. Like last year. Okay. You got a ton of targets. They were terrible. Like, wouldn't you rather be on a team that's winning? And it's just not the time. It's not the time to be openly and and publicly complaining right now. I think you have to be doing this. You know, if it's an issue, you go to your coaches, you don't go to Twitter. And I know it's, it's very tempting to open your phone and be able to, to express how you're feeling in, in one file swoop. But, I don't know. I think it just looked pathetic from him. Like going into this week, especially like Patrick Sertain is probably going to be shadowing Garrett Wilson, who is, you know, their number one. Like this is a good opportunity for Elijah Moore to have a good game. And the fact that he can't even go through a practice to me is crazy. And we talked about it last week, like the Jets weren't throwing the ball a lot. Like if they're in a situation where they're throwing a lot, I think they're going to spread it around. We don't really know who Zach Wilson's favorite target is, but last year he loved Elijah Moore. Like there's no reason for him not to this year. You know, I think Garrett Wilson's, the better receiver, but you've got, you know, Wilson, Davis, uh, Elijah Moore. Like, there's a lot to go around. I don't know what it is about Jets receivers recently, but I, and I know Moore has been obviously a lot more productive than Denzel Mims, but I, I just don't get it. I think it's really bad timing for him. And it's something the Jets don't need. They shouldn't have to deal with right now. Like, they're a good football team. You shouldn't have to deal with receivers complaining about lack of touches right now. And it's a good test for this coaching staff. Are you going to, support him in this time or are you going to say all right we're gone we're done with you and either way i think both of those options are valid because both are kind of building your culture are we going to be a culture where we're going to let a wide receiver walk all over us and be like odell in cleveland right or or baker in cleveland or are we going to ship him out of here and you know keep our locker room tight and i i it just sucks going through this because this team shouldn't, like you said, Luke. And, and to get back on the game itself, this feels like a, a game this, the same old Jets would lose. So it's another very good test because the offense for Denver stinks. But we said that last year, and Teddy Bridgewater dominated the Jets last year. He put up like 40 points. Yeah, and I think this is going to be like a 17-14 type of game, 14-10, like – I would be shocked if either of these teams scores like into the 30s. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think it's going to be a defensive battle. 
And, you know, we've seen Zach Wilson have to lead big drives this year already in that game against the Steelers, so we know he can do it. So I don't think this is going to be a game where necessarily Zach Wilson is going to put up huge numbers. And if he does, then it might tell you something. But I think right now he's kind of in the role that, you know, I don't want to say game manager because that feels so, like, cliche. But, you know, if they're running the ball well and their defense is playing well, he's not going to have to throw three hundred for 300 yards a game. And that's just kind of the place that they're at right now. Right. And, and hopefully things – I mean, best-case scenario is you're, you're really pounding the Broncos and you don't need to throw the ball. But I just want to see a little more from Zach. And it's really – it comes down more to scheme than anything else. I want to see him, you know, be creative and and, and fling the ball down the field because you you haven't really seen that yet. You haven't had to see it, but I do also want to see it so that you're not going into another year where, you know, is this just Daniel Jones 2.0? Yeah, I think that's a great comparison. I want to kind of transition a little bit into the Giants who are taking on the Jaguars. Three-point underdogs against the Jaguars. It feels like – I don't know. It's weird because the Giants have been kind of disrespected everywhere, but I feel like this would be a game where you'd see them at worst to pick them because I know it's a road game, but like you're going to Jacksonville. It's not like you're going to Arrowhead. So kind of a disrespectful line, but I was kind of thinking about Zach Wilson and Daniel Jones. And I guess my question would be, you know, with Daniel Jones, especially because we've seen a, a larger body of work, could he be a Jimmy G type for this Giants team this year. They've got a good run game. They've got a good defense. Can he just do enough with mistake-free football to lead you to the playoffs and potentially a run? Because I know the trend recently has been great quarterbacks, of course, and you want a great quarterback. But, I mean, could he be just a, a guy that can make you know no mistakes, your defense plays while you run the ball, could that work for this Giants team? It has so for far. For a potential run. Right. And maybe it's different right, playing but I mean, elite teams. Because I think this team is a playoff team. Oh, they are a playoff team. But I guess my, my question is, can they win in the playoffs doing this? I think they need to go out and add some receivers, whether it's Odell, whether it's somebody else. But you look at Daniel Jones, and he has two interceptions so far this season and has – see if I can find his fumbles. Where are the fumbles? Uh, wow, this is bad radio. No fumbles. So two turnovers through five, six games is very good for Daniel Jones, right? That's one every third game. Like, you'll take that if you're the Giants. But to be a team that can actually win in the playoffs, in my view, you've got to go out there and get another, at least one wide receiver. Whether it's DJ Moore, who I don't think is the right move because he's making a lot of money. Whether it's Odell for a, a league minimum type deal. Or whether it's going out and maybe it's trading for Denzel Mims, Right. You, you got the Cowboys are interested. Sorry, the Cowboys are interested in Denzel Mims. I don't know if you saw that story. That was a while ago, wasn't that? Oh, I thought it was. Oh, I thought it was recently. Oh, Never maybe mind. it was in the last couple weeks. But <laughs> like, I look at this team and I say Richie James isn't enough, right? Darius Slayton can be a guy, but he's also very inconsistent throughout his career. Wondell Robinson's young. Can you know Kenny Galladay? Basically done for the season. Same with Kadarius Tony. So who's your extra guy? Because I don't hate Richie James as your third receiver. You know, can Slayton be your two, James be your three, and then can you find one more actually good wide receiver? Maybe you can win a game or two. I mean, they're not going to make it to the NFC Championship game, but I think it's fair to say that in a wild card round, they could surprise a team. Can they beat Tampa Bay, who's probably the maybe the third seed in the NFC? Can you beat uh, Minnesota, who has got a lot of talent, but Kirk Cousins always kind of tightens up come playoff time? I think so. Yeah, I don't think they're going to win any shootouts, to be honest. I think they have to keep kind of winning these games, but that's how the playoffs are sometimes, those close games. Like, 
if they line up with a San Francisco in the first round, like that's a pretty evenly matched game. I don't think either team has a crazy advantage. And then if they win that right now, they'd have to go to Philly, which would be really interesting. We haven't seen those two teams play yet. And I think, you know, that could be an interesting one. I don't know. I'm just, I'm trying to basically say like, is this a style that can work for years or is it just like a one year thing? Like, you know, how the Niners got their guy, but they kept Jimmy G around for a year. And we're like, okay, like, we'll be okay this year. But next year, we're going to let our young guy really let it rip and, and see what we have in him. Like, he's, I feel like he's kind of that Jimmy G type where he could stay another year to kind of bridge the gap. It's, it's a mix of both. I think Daniel Jones can be a, a good young, you know, youngish quarterback that can do some things. But you've also got to build around him because he's got a roster that's as bad as Sam Darnold had for most of his career, at least weapons-wise. So you can win some games, but also you've got to make sure that you're finding those diamonds in the rough to improve this team, whether it's defensively, whether it's wide receivers, whether it's the offensive line, continue to improve that. You know, this can be, this can work, and you've got a lot of money coming off the books this offseason, but you've got to build it slow. You can't go out and spend all your money like the Jets did with Mike McCagnan a couple of years ago with Lev Bell because then you've got to completely re- retool the roster two years later. Yeah, and looking at this game specifically, the Jags are such a weird team. I think they might just be bad, honestly. I mean, they went on the little two-game win streak. They blew out the Colts and the Chargers, but then they lose a close game to the Eagles, then they lose to the Texans and the Colts. I don't really know what to make of them, but I will say they run the ball really well, and that's kind of been the issue for the Giants uh, so far this year. So that's that's probably the biggest factor to me. If the Giants are to lose this game, it's going to be another close game where it comes down to the final couple of possessions, but – I mean, the Giants have shown they can win. You know, the Jags have shown they can keep it close, but the Giants have shown they can win those close games. So I think the Giants will win this game. I think three is is a crazy line, and I'm sure it's one of those, you know, Vegas is, is trying to bait people in the Giants, and I'm sure they will because there's a lot more Giants fans in the world than there are Jaguars fans. So it's definitely a, a weird line, but I, I just think the style of this game, a, a close down-the-stretch game, is one that the Giants have won and, and the Jaguars haven't. Right, and, and, and there's the old adage, you know, Football games are lost, not won. The Giants don't lose football games. The Ravens lost a football game against the Giants, right? They had that interception from Lamar Jackson. The The Titans, what, they missed a field goal, and that lost them the game, right? The Giants win games, but they more so let the other team lose games. And when I look at Jacksonville, that's a team that's primed for losing the game and making a mistake as opposed to just playing clean football because Trevor Lawrence might do too much or Trevor Lawrence might end up throwing an interception at an inopportune time, or ETN makes a bad drop, or there's a fumble. The Giants don't seem to do that. They've only had two turnovers basically all season long. So when you play clean football like the Giants do, it's almost about outweighting your opponent and finally getting that knockout drive. Yeah, and we'll move on to our pick segment, actually. I know it's been kind of a rapid-fire show, but you know that's a line that's really interesting. We'll see if either of us take it. But like we said last week, 5-1 and one for me three and three for Matt. So people, people like, like me and you are both saying, you know, is it out of reach? I like it, Matt. It feels like it might be out of reach for you. I have not won. I don't know the record. Wow. So if you take out my locks, I'm not that bad. I'm not going to say I'm on your level because you're hitting a, you know, your worst week was two and four, not two and six. Like I've written for some reason. Uh, my record might not even be right, by the way. Matt could be skewing. Your points are right. That's all that matters. You can check them. You want to do it yourself? You're on the dock. <laughs> Maybe. Why don't you do it? You, you want to start off or you want me to start off? Uh, you start right. off today. I'm going to punt. All right, I'm going to kick. I'll receive. Give me Las Vegas minus seven taking on Houston. First off, Houston stinks. They shouldn't have any wins. 
And Las Vegas got has the talent. They're off a bye week. Honestly, if they lose this game, I would think about firing the head coach because this roster is talented enough to win games, right? You had your special teams coordinator t- turned head coach basically lead you to the playoffs through one of the most tumultuous seasons. You get past that, and now this is what you're you're doing. You're one and four. I don't buy it. I think this is a good football team. I think Derek Carr is going to tear up the Houston defense. And Devon Dams might not have a great day because Houston's got Stingley, who's been a nice cornerback for them. But I do think that they'll play extremely good football and win this game. Yeah, like you said, they, they have to. They really have to. And the Texans are just a weird team that hangs around. But if you're the Raiders, you have to blow out the Texans. Um, I'm, I'm really struggling this week. But my first pick I'm going to take is the Detroit Lions – Plus seven against the Cowboys. Dak is back, but what does that really mean? You know, is he a guy that's going to come back and light it up, or is it going to take him a while? I think it's going to take him a minute to ease back into things. The Lions are getting healthy. They're coming off a bye. They get Swift back. They get St. Brown back most likely. So I like the Lions here, plus seven. They love to play close games, and they can compete with good teams. I think a lot of people are remembering how they got blown out by New England, but, you know, they're a team that hung around early. So I'm back on the Lions train, plus seven. If they lose big. I think they're a team that I'm going to have to swear off. But for this week, I think seven's too much. I had Dallas written down. I'm not going with it. It's not one of my favorite picks. Wow. But I'll bring you to my, my bread and butter, the New York football Giants plus three. Am I Love a it. sucker? Maybe. Am I a square? Absolutely. But the Giants are winning this football game. I don't care what the spread is. I'll bet the money line for all I care. This football team just went in and beat the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson's a way better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence at this point in their careers. And I think the Giants win this game I would dare say it fairly easily. This might be a two-score win for the Giants. I'm going to take a, a rat line, too. I don't really care. I'm going to take the Chiefs minus two and a half. It's complete sucker city. I don't care. Like, people are going to see the graphic and be like, what an idiot. But, like, I, I, I genuinely don't care. Like, Chiefs coming off a tough loss, too. Like, I know the Niners obviously lose to the Falcons and, and the sky is falling and it feels like a game that they're somehow going to find a way to win or keep close. No. I'm going to take the Chiefs. I think they're a better team. I think they can win this game by a field goal. So I'm going to go Chiefs minus two and a half. Luke, we can we can suck together. We can get suckered in together because I love the Chiefs in this game. The Niners, there we go. don't give me that garbage. They're hurt. They had like 11 dudes injured last week. They're not all coming back on their defense. Come on. Come on. Give me the Chiefs. Love it. That was nearly the lock of the week. But again, it's that rat line. So I'm, I'm going to give it one point. I can't give it a full two. But give me the Chiefs just like you, Luke. I like that pick a lot. Well, you had um, it. So I'm going to take like – yeah. I'm, so I'm, I'm kind of tossing a few games around, but I'm definitely taking this. I'm going to take the Dolphins minus seven against the Steelers. Big line. It's like, okay, the Steelers coming off a big win. Two is back. What's he going to be? I don't know what was wrong with Tom Brady, but the Steelers secondary is really bad. Like, they're really bad. And I think this is going to be a huge game for Jalen Waddle, for Tyree Kill, for Tua to come back in. And I know it's going to be weird because, like, what are we going to expect from Tua? Is he going to be more cautious in this and that? But this is a weird thing to say, but, like, when's the last time the Dolphins hosted a Sunday night football game? The juice is going to be flowing in Miami if that's a thing that can even happen. It's a big line, but it kind of makes me like it more. I think Tua comes back, lights it up. So I'm going to take the Dolphins minus seven. It doesn't sound like Tua's concerned about his concussions. Like, the way he's he's like, Yeah. Oh, man. That's just... He's like, yeah, I got concussed, and I was like, I got knocked out. And I was just like, oh, okay, what happened? Yeah. It, and then he's like, yeah, I got to deal with all these doctors. Yeah. And stuff. He was like, yeah, I feel bad for my parents that they had to go through it. I'm like, you're, you're living through it. Come on, man. But <laughs> yeah. I don't hate that pick. Football guy. My next pick, Luke, I love it. I'd make out with it. 
The New York Football Jets. Plus one and a half. Wow. I was gonna ask if we could propose Ooh, I'm seeing I'm seeing plus one on the uh on the ESPN. Let's move it again. All right, I'll take plus one. Okay. I, I, I looked at these a couple a little while ago, so I had them at plus one before, I guess, or plus one and a half before. I was gonna ask you, starting next week or maybe next season we'll do it. Can we start giving one pick early to get that early line if we like it? Because I would have loved Ooh. the Jets at plus three. And to have that drop on our Monday show, that kind of juice would be tremendous. So I love the Jets plus one. I think they win it outright. This is a different Jets team. They've got the defense. They've got this swagger about them. The defense is is, is balling out. That, that O-line for Denver is kind of struggling. And frankly, Luke, maybe you should clip this because this is a hot take. I want Russell Wilson because that dude cannot see an open receiver for the life of him. Get some pressure in his face, and he's going to crumble. He's going to get torn down like his danger witch. I like it. No, I, I agree with you. Like the Jets D line has been so good. I thought about taking the Jets, but the line the line just keeps moving and moving and moving towards them. And I just get I get a little worried. Um I wanted to pick the game tonight because when it dropped, I literally texted you, I was like, I love the Cardinals Thursday. And then I was looking into it and I was like, the Saints haven't been that bad with Andy Dalton. They get Olave back. I want to take the Saints, but then I was like, you know what? I have too many fantasy players on the Cardinals, which is a shame. I shouldn't. So I was like, you know what? I'm not touching the Thursday game. So that's off the table. But I'm going to go to the well, Matt. I think we ha- I have to go to this well until it fails me. And that's the Atlanta Falcons plus six and a half against the Bengals. Undefeated against the spread. I- if they lose, I don't care. I'll do it again. Like This is a-, a streak of all streaks. A three and three team being six and oh against the spread is unheard of. Give me the Falcons to cover that six and a half. Yeah, I, I-, I had it written down. I'm probably an idiot for not taking it, but I, I think I like these picks more. My final pick, Luke. This is-, this is a glorious pick that I would not have made two weeks ago. But it's the New England Patriots, minus seven and a half, taking on the Bears. Come on. It's Belichick. It's Zappy. The Bears. Come on. Come on. So the Patriots, I think they Another Monday one. night pick for you. Yeah. Another Monday night pick for you. When you do those go for your lock. Yeah, exactly. I thought we were going to have the same lock, honestly. But then I was like, nah, Matt would hate this game. My lock of the week. Give me the Tennessee Titans, minus two and a half, against the Colts. The Colts... Coming off of a, a long, exhausting win against the Jaguars. You're addicted to, to picking Tennessee. the AFC South. I love the AFC South. Tennessee beat them by seven a few weeks ago. And this game, crazy as it sounds, could determine the, the AFC South. Because if Tennessee wins both games against Indianapolis already, you can kind of kiss that division goodbye. I know early on I was like, oh, the Jags can hang around? Do the Titans stink? Titans have really right, righted the ship these past three weeks. They come off of a, a weird game against the Commanders, but a game that they won. Um, so give me the Titans minus two and a half as my lock of the week. I like it. I like it. I, I wouldn't go there. Some other picks I had, obviously Atlanta plus six and a half, uh, Dallas minus seven. I mentioned that Tampa Bay minus 11. I, I just couldn't get myself. I to thought take about that number. it. That's too big a number yep. for me. And then the last game that I really liked was Baltimore minus six and a half taking on Cleveland because that's a team that's got to do something right. Baltimore has got to win a game and it feels like Cleveland's toast in my eyes. So. Didn't love them enough, but I'm com- I'm confident in my slate. I really am. I think the, the Raiders might screw me over, but aside from that, I think the other four games are good picks. Yeah, I I'm I'm with you. Um, I I thought about the Bucks as well, but I just couldn't pull the trigger because like I, it feels like this year, especially with good teams, good teams in parentheses, the Bucks, the Packers. It's like oh, this is a get right game, and it's like no, they're just not good anymore. So maybe they just never get right. It's it's so weird. And looking at the slate, there's just not a ton of great games this week. 
and it was tough to kind of pick and choose these lines. But, you know, having the Bills, Rams, Vikings, and Eagles on by is, is going to be an interesting weekend for the NFL. Yeah, because the Bills felt like an auto win. Same with the Eagles, except for the one time I picked them to, as my lock. But I digress. How are you feeling with your with your locks or your picks? Did you have one that was kind of standing out as like the, the 1B or the, the 1C? I actually really do like the Dolphins because it's kind of like a weird type of game, and I just don't think the Steelers are very good. I think last week was the game, their game of their life. You know, it's their best game of the year. I don't think they can follow it up with another game against the Dolphins team. You know, they get up for Tom Brady, but are they going to get up when they have to go south to Miami? By the way, the fact that this is a Sunday night game is absolutely wild. There's there's some real stinkers this week. Not a lot to choose from. Um, but, yeah, I really like my Dolphins pick. Right, at least we got Denver off prime time. Yes. And then next week they're in the London game. Does that count? You can just sleep right yeah, through Yeah, I it. might sleep through that game. I might have to sleep through it. I don't need to see you don't. You're not interested with uh, Jags-Broncos? That is a horrid game. And yeah, I'm, not picking it. I'm not picking anyone against Denver anymore because – after this week, I'm not picking against Denver anymore because they always have these stupid games where they're like a three-and-a-half-point <laughs> underdog and they manage to just barely cover. I'm not doing it. We'll find out if the Jets are the next victim of the weird Denver game uh, this weekend. But we'll recap it all on Monday. We'll, of course, talk baseball. We'll have like four games between now and then between the Yankees and the Astros. We'll see how wrong I was about the Yankees being okay in this series on Monday. We'll talk about the NFL. And we'll also have to talk some basketball at some point with the Knicks and Nets both losing their openers last night. Thanks for hanging out with us. Be sure to follow us at Watling and Owens, Twitter, TikTok. We're even on Facebook. We want to fire up the old Facebook. Uh, so go give us a follow and we'll see you guys next week.